Paris Insider Outsiders, the English language podcast where we talk with Parisians about their lives. Insider Outsiders. Uh, today's episode, we did an interview with Rodrigo Ramos, who is a poet and performer. The first time I saw him was actually in an opening, and he performed what he calls his coffee ritual. And you'll hear about that later in the show. But uh, why I chose him was really because I was so impressed by his presence when he was doing the ceremony and really just his ability to get everyone involved. It was a very stirring experience. And I say this in a most secular way possible, but it was almost spiritual. And for that reason, I knew that I wanted to have him as a guest on the show. I hope you enjoyed the, listening to the discussion as much as I did. Having it was really um, inspirational. All right, enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Jeremy Nathaniel. With me today, well, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Rodrigo Ramis. Rod, you can call me Rod. I'm an actor, performer, and theater director. I was born in Chile, south of Chile, which is a very rainy place like south of England or northern California. I've been spending more than half my life yet in this lovely city, the city of lights, Paris. So I'm kind of French-Chilean artist. That's a first introduction of myself. Okay, and did you come here alone or did you come here with family? And I did come on my own, absolutely on my own. I had a degree of engineering when I was in Chile back then, but I decided to quit and to come over to Paris to do theater. Okay, and what helped you, what helped you make your decision? Because, well, Chile by then in the 80s was under the dictatorship, you know, and it was very far, far away from the rest of the world. Uh, I was in the second largest city of the country, but which everything that was cultural was swept off. Um, so there was nothing left. And as I wanted to do theater, uh, seemed to me that the best decision was to, to quit, to leave the country and make my to build up my own life which i wanted to to be in theater okay and why why paris sorry why paris i was educated in a french school over there l'alliance française that was the first point but i was very good in languages anyway but then when i 
I have already decided to, to do theater and to quit engineering. And um, I saw two French companies in touring, touring in Chile by, by then, by the end of the 80s. And uh, I was struck by those plays, those shows. So I decided to come over to France and to Paris to do, to be among those people, simply. Okay, and why theater? I was introduced to theater by um, a former teacher of myself, and we set up a play. My, the first experience was um, Le Roi Se Meurt in French, UNESCO's Le Roi Se Meurt, The King is Dying. And by then, I was a very good engineering student and I was kind of struck by that experience and then I decided that I wanted to do such a thing, such an experience, to live through that rather than being a maybe famous or good engineer. And what was the experience like uh, of immigrating to another country? Um, was sort of a little death and uh, and of course as soon as I'm saying this a reborn a rebirth experience naturally and did you assimilate well or what was the process like because I, I share a kind of kindred I know story. I, I, I bet it. Yeah, well, I was a very, very good thing because, um, first of all, um, the relation with my f mom and dad was kind of totally changed, totally. Uh, and it was a very good thing anyway because they loved me. I loved them and I still love them, of course. But we realized, they realized that they wanted me to be free, to take my own decisions, and they allowed me to do, to do so. So you changed your life uh, completely? Totally, yeah. totally. So you get to Paris, um, you start to begin a new life. Can you tell me about that? Well, I had... The beginning, I guess. Yeah, I remember I... Just kind of two months before leaving, I have had no idea why I could stay in the city. I had some friends, but they were kind of very far distant friends. And uh, but I got in. I got in touch through someone, a French French friends living in back in the place in Chile. Uh, I so I got in touch with one person living in here and he's, he was really kind and up to host me for some time so I, I was not, not, not even having the idea that he was waiting he would be waiting for me at the airport so he and he did he was there waiting for me so it was a kind of miraculous thing that happened as, as soon as I decided to come over to France to, to get my degree and to come over to France to do the theater project, everything fixed out in, a, in the best way I could ever imagine. 
and I was a very love. I was a, like a rebirth. So I was kind of enchanted with everything. The city, as you might know, is pretty beautiful, pretty appealing. Uh, and I was surrounded by the guy whom I got into his place. He was a teacher, but also a theater director and an actor. So I was surrounded by artists, which was not really the case back in Chile. So I was discovering everything, everything. I was very mixed, mixed up city which by then Chile was not so it was uh, yes a rebirth did you experience an, uh, a kind of culture shock not really because I was very much French educated in a way yet there was of course a gap in between what the vision I had back then in Chile and what I really got into but I was so thirsty in a way of and integrating everything into myself that I was really looking for everything I was really thirsty yes so then you, you got plugged into the artist crowd uh, how did you progress as as an artist yourself from that point well actually this this country is not that easy to get into in many ways. It's the administration first, everybody, every foreigner knows that. That was an issue, by the way, but well, it was sorted out in a very miraculous way, too. And then, to well, I was um, normally I had to, to do a concours in a conservatoire which was a foolish thing to do because even by then well this has changed loads but by then it was very difficult to get into the conservatoire as a foreigner it was practically impossible actually but the only thing I had by then was that that date and I well I was not not selected which was the first shot just three weeks time after coming into the city. So I, for some time I was kind of adrift without knowing what to do. But pretty soon, thanks to connection, kind of miraculous once again, connections with people, I came to know about the Université of Paris 8, Université de Paris 8, which was very interesting. And I was um, a very singular way to get into theater, not the, maybe not the most conventional one in this country, but it was very interesting, very, very interesting. And I met within the span of five years, I would say, yeah, I've met people that led me to one another people then I founded a company with a friend two friends actually and then step by step step by step I built up my whole way my a way of my own actually and I should say that I was admitted in the in the theater 
university uh, school very easily by just talking with someone and he trusted me in a way I wanted to get into theater he realized that I was my French was very good I had a few degrees already engineering degree and liter French literature degree too so I was I was in just in a matter of 20 minutes could you imagine that even now that's impossible to do so I was very lucky I might, I might say how did your life progress from there just by meeting people I we did a play totally independent show and company then I met up with people that led me to get into Bhutto dance. Um, uh, through a teacher, I got a, a very important connection. I, I went to a selection to of the work center of Grotowski by then in Italy. And I was not selected, but I was in the summer of 92. But that was a very, very important experience that changed absolutely the ways I was, I, was looking and I still look at the theatre and the, the work of the actor and it changed totally my way of doing things and I got interested into martial arts very much mm. different kind of living um, questioning everything about society about thinking the way we feel we build up everything our um, everyday's life on in all its aspects it changed me loads um, got very much into martial arts i was kind of apart from the theater world but it was after all a way of poetry which is actually the most important thing i wouldn't say i'm a theater performer but rather a poet performer a poetry performer when did you realize that? Well, I would say rather a couple of years ago. <laughs> or let's say, how did you realize that? Oh. Because I realized that I always was in love of poetry and that I was, I am, I would have been told that I'm a very good Spanish or Castilian poetry reader. I like I like very much reading actually as many languages as, as I could speak I could speak many languages actually even for just phonetically but um, yeah it was kind of I got back to that my first childhood love you know about poetry about literature and poetry and I realized that I was looking for that all the time, rather than conventional theater or anything else. Yeah, a lot of young kids might be interested in baseball or, or other things that young boys uh, like to do. And then for you, you say it's poetry. Well, it's not very much about words written down on papers. It's not about literature which 
which is one way, of course, but it's rather about the way, the vision you have on things, which make, which makes you express yourself in a very singular way and do things in a very singular way. That's poetry for me. And it's much more something related to every day's life than just about literature or writing stuff. Do you think that poetry is disconnected or do you think people people's minds it is something separate in people's mind it is indeed very often but concretely it is not can you explain <laughs> because well i would say that poetry is about expressing or doing whatever you do in your own singular way connected with your inner self and as the more you get connected to your inner self, the more you get connected to something that is bigger than your own persona. It's more than, hello, my name is Rodrigo, I'm a performer, I was born then, my card, uh, my passport is number or whatever, I've been doing this and this and this, but okay, which is, means something, of course. It's mostly useful. But who are you really? And why do you do this thing? Why do you think in such a way? Why do you express? Why do you why do you use these words to say this, to express something, an idea, a feeling? Why do you wear such outfit? Why do you like this? Might be banal. So far, in a first, as a first approach, but it's not that banal actually. It's a choice that could be unconscious, but never mind. It's a choice that relates to something really deep within you. It's well, prof profound, but on the, on the same time, it's very simple. It's like an evidence. And then everything fits. And I'm thinking about Bradbury, actually. Why? Because I can't remember, one of my favorite books, all-time books, is Dandelion Wines. Bradbury's Dandelion Wine. And I can't remember one name, a couple of times, the sentence, it fits, it's fitting. Everything is fitting so well. It was that book, Bradbury's one was a turning point for myself, actually. Who do you get your inspirations from? Or what? Mm, many things, but in literature and poetry, in li I would say, yes, that book of Ray Bradbury, then Henry Miller was a revelation. And after that, a very, very important one was William Saroyan. 
I was really struck by William Saroyan's way of writing. I would say no style, it's just plain speaking. Rob Wagram, for instance. That was a very important influence. I could say music very much, very, very much. I was one of my, well, my mom, mom told me that I was a heavy listener of uh, Ravel's Bolero when I was even less than three years old. I wanted to listen to it non-stop. But then I went very young into the Beatles before it might be kind of six or seven years old. Wanted to listen to the Beatles all the time. So it was my so that's why because I got rela related strongly to the British and English culture through the Beatles and then Led Zeppelin rock. All right, well, let's talk poetry then. Yeah. My first formal training was with Garcia Lorca's poetry, actually. And it's, it's very meaningful because one of my ongoing, one of the most important ongoing works I'm in, it's play and game of, of the Duende. Garcia Lorca's Jeu et Théorie du Duende, Juego y Teoría del Duende in Spanish, play and game of, of the Duende. Can you explain that to me? I'm not familiar. Uh, El Duende was a conference given by Garcia Lorca twice in a couple of universities in South America by a few years before his assassination. When, so it was for a very academical but highly poetic conference about what the duende is, which is very kind of complicated to explain, but it's just, I would say in a few words, kind of the state of grace a performer is going through when he or she is doing his art, his, her art. And you speak about a performative aspect of poetry. Um, something very important to me is, well, theater means normally to see in ancient Greek, but I do think as Orson Welles do, the first and most important aspect is to listen, to listen. And when I'm, I am saying or performing a text of whatever it is, it could be poetry or a play or a story or whatever, the most important thing I want for people gathering alongside is to be aware, to be listening to something that is being told. Just 
sitting down or not. Never mind. And to be present, listening carefully, fully to something that is being told or done, which is practically very much connected. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be listening like you were at, or we all were in a classroom when we were children. It's not about that kind of attention. It's a simple but straightforward and full attention, state of attention, which allows you to be uh, thinking of something else or feeling with your body something else, that it's beyond the place you are kind of stuck. But you have decided to be there. Everyone has decided that. And to be in such a situation is very, very powerful to me. And then you can get that kind of connection in between people from the one I am to the other one who is in front or beside me or the performers. The first time I saw you perform, it was uh, at an opening in a bookshop, and I believe it was part of a festival. And part of the right. performance was, uh, it had to do with coffee. Yes. The coffee ritual, as I call it, related to them. Zen, Japanese Zen ceremony of tea. Um, because what interests me is when I do these performances, is to, and the host, I'm inviting people to my place, the place, my place, the place I'm. I'm living for this, for that precise night. And I want to host people in a proper way. Normally when you get into someone someone else's place, you get a drink as a first, as a first connection, a first thing to do. Well, I wanted to do it with a very good coffee, a third generation coffee or a café de cru, as you say in French, a high quality coffee, because it's, it is not n'importe quoi, as you say in French, the coffee is a very powerful drink, actually, which is related to the ground, to the earth, to the sun, to the light, and everything. It <clears throat> carries on loads of information. So to share that uh, special moment as an, as an introduction to a story that is going to be told later on is very important and meaningful to me. How you get on the everyday's world we all are into to a time and a place where something different of a different quality is going to happen. Looks and sounds simple at the same time, it's very meaningful. Is the communal aspect important in your performances? The communal? 
sense of the, the communal, the, the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that contrasts with many, um, with other performers uh, of today? I'm not the only one, for sure, but I've been going to theater, to let's say conventional theater, yet I'm always going in this country to public theater, which is funded theater. For years I've been going to see very important plays, all the so-called most important theaters in the, in the town, but also in the country, as well as in the country. And uh, yes, I got kind of bored with not really the place, the work, yet of often happened so, but about the experience of going to a place which has been so called or instituted like this is theater, this is good theater, and getting into a dark room, kind of a black box, and sitting sitting down in rows like it was the, uh, a classroom, uh, sitting next to people I don't know, or I could know because they are colleagues, because that's what is happening actually in public theatres in this country, or maybe all over the world. People I not gonna get related to really. Uh, it's not very appealing and interesting to me anymore, generally speaking. I need to, on the other hand, uh, I got a little bit bored too of going to parties and well, nothing big or small parties where nothing happens either, which you can spend some nice time drinking and eating, but you are not really relating really to people. It's okay, but it's not enough. So I would like to, <clears throat> what I'm working on is to find something in between. Um, I, I am in real need of these gatherings when you can the quantity is very important because because you cannot get you cannot get related straight away with people if you are more than let's say hundred could be sometimes but it's another experience but you need to be around a, a small amount of people you might be with individuals doesn't mean you have to know everyone around you and um, I think personally speaking I, I I'm missing that very much in most of many of the situations in this city or big modern occident western city could offer to, to the inhabitants um, going to the theater has turned into a very conventional situation. Yes.
come back to poetry because you're a performer. <laughs> Indeed, I am. Hoping perhaps you could share something uh, with us. Yes. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, oh, brothers, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, oh, sisters, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, oh, sinners, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, oh, liars, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Hey, somebody's knocking at your door. Open it up. I was dead. I came alive. I was tears. I became laughter. All because of love. When it arrived, my temporal life from then on changed to eternal. Love said to me, you are not crazy enough, you don't fit this house. I went and became crazy, crazy enough to be in chains. Love said, you are not intoxicated enough, you don't fit the group I went and got drunk, drunk enough to overflow with light-headedness. Love said, You are still too clever, filled with imagination and skepticism. I went and became gullible and in fright pulled away from it all. Love said, you are a candle attracting everyone, gathering everyone around you. I am no more a candle spreading light. I gather no more crowds. Unlike smoke, I am all scattered now. Love said, you are a teacher, you are a head, and for everyone you are a leader. I am no more not a teacher, not a leader, just a servant to your wishes. Love said, you already have your own wings. I will not give you more feathers. And then my heart pulled itself apart and filled to the brim with a new light overflowed with fresh life. Now, even the heavens are thankful 
that because of law I have become the giver of light. Rumi, thank you very much. Can you tell me about your process, how you write your poetry, or how you come up with your poetry? I do not decide to write anything else. It comes to me, as simple as that. It's always about a longing. Really, really, I do not decide what I'm going to talk about or feel about. It comes to me. Is something acting through you, or is it is it yourself? I see. I would say this. I could be kind of a vessel, yes, like a medium. Generally speaking, in my case. Yet, uh, I'm gonna rework on what I've written down as many times as I'd like to. Every single time I take some material back to to me, I do a reading or whatever, uh, something's gonna be changed. Could be even just a coma or whatever. Uh, there's always a change to do. That's much more. I could I could could feel that rather like a personal intervention, yes, then it's not the vessel anymore, this notion of vessel anymore, it's just much more personal, but it's mostly about, about the music. How much does musicality contribute to poetry? For me, very much. It's kind of essential. As, well, you have seen, I like, do, and I do very much, this traditional singing mostly, which comes basically from the many traditions from African displaced to the to the Americas, all the Americas, not only those one, but mostly, and uh, so the singing for me is very important, and in a way there is a very slight difference in singing and the poetry I could write, whether it's a poem or a story or whatever. The musicality is very, very important, the rhythm then. How much does uh, a language influence its poetry for you? Very much. Well, and. As, 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 as I said, I'm pretty good with languages. My French is pretty good. Um, but it has changed. Uh, kind of 15 years ago, I started to learn 
um, Brazil and Portuguese because I started to relate to many Brazilian people because of music and because of other more personal things. And I started to, to speak all of a sudden Bra Brazilian or Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, all of a sudden like this. And uh, it's a very um, uh, irradiating language. The, Brazilian Portuguese and I realized for instance that my French since then has changed a little bit because of the of using the Portuguese in more or less a daily basis and so it is with the English because I'm, I'm speaking in this city I'm speaking as regularly and also and switching from French to Spanish to or Castilian to English and so on all the time so I'm not speaking anymore a pure let's say Chilean Castilian or a pure British English or a real Parisian French French it's all mixed up and in all, all I do. Can you share another poem? Absolutely. A dry night of thunder hammering up from the south. Lightning sparking over the horizon out beyond the flatness. By morning the sea is a slow gray calm beaten flat under still heavy clouds of lead smoke an ebb tide sucking at trickling saltings crabs inching down amongst the sun fear boats nudging at the mud bank and now the knock of wood as all spreads away and the boat heads out across the water. Rub of running ropes, hand over hand. Nets, planks, nails, cleats, knees, ribs, heads, hearts, hearts, jackets, rings, beards, voices, words. out over the rooftops smoke and the church tower today the sea's horizon divides only gree from gree above is the visible world of the sea reflecting light wave covers wave and then another. The sound of the sea is a thread, a rope drawing us in. Turn over turn. Waves are curls in the rope. A repeating pattern of noise that pulls us deeper. Waves overlapping 
we are quite at home there. The sound of the sea. And now the knock of wood as oars press away and the boat heads out across the water. This is part of Wild Man of Orford by Alan Tremond, uh, based upon a, a very old legend of Suffolk in East Anglia, England, which is based upon a very old legend from the coastal Suffolk line about a merman who apparently lived or appeared once by the end of the 13th century in Orford, which is a well-known place over there. And it's an ongoing project for England, for Suffolk, mostly a Norfolk to um, meant to be for two performers, an actress and myself, plus a musician composer, a stage poetry reading. What do you see as the, the poet's role in society of today? It is actually very important because poet, poets and poetry is for me a link in between what we could call the ordinary everyday life and what is beyond all that kind of extraordinary life, which is pretty normal actually. I mean, it's natural. It's all is there. There is no kind of magic, in fact. There is nothing mysterious. All is around us, in, within us. All is there. And as poets, as artists, as simple human beings, our task, our purpose is to bring that all connected back again. Connected, but we have to be aware of that, to recognize, to re-acknowledge that. There is something more than the pure physical, material stuff. But it's already here. You can sense it. You can see it in a way, and just to stop your inner dialogue. You just sit down and you listen to yourself and what's going on around you. And as poets and as artists and human beings, plain, full human beings, we might re-acknowledge all this. How can someone incorporate poetry into their daily life, into their quotidien? I would say to listen to yourself plainly, fully, simply to choose everything, every simple act you do to be aware of it, to be aware of what is surrounding you, 
to be aware of your thoughts, your sensations, your feelings, your needings. That's a way to get into your own personal experience as fully as you want to, as fully as it is, in fact. Life is all like a whole is all the time there. And we have just to listen to it as simple as it is. For that is we need to be, you could say, naked. Yes, with no persona, no mask. Beyond all those matters of who you are, who what have you been through or whatever. It's not it is not senseless, all this stuff. It's just useful. It has its purpose and meaning, but it's just something to go through. What is beyond? That's the essential thing. And it is all reachable to everyone. Say it. Do it. And live it in such a way, with such a consciousness. That's all. I could say, and poetry is all around us, all in every simple thing. You could write it down, you could do a painting, a meal, whatever, just a walk around the city, a dinner with friends, a party, a nice simple party, whatever you want to do, as soon as it's going to be yours real it's going to be full and it's going to fill your life up people are interested in contacting you or finding about uh, your work yeah. etc how can they do that many ways we are of course in social in the social media and in social networks networks as facebook instagram twitter through myself, Rodrigo Ramis, Théâtre d'Elle Ardentes, Theatre of Art and Wings, also in Sound, SoundCloud, by the way, uh, and Café Poésie de Belleville, which runs mostly all those poetry meetings held normally twice a month, one at in a lovely place, the Barbouquin de Belleville, and a nomad second one, mostly in town. And uh, that's one very important work of us. We, when we do poetries, I mean, all kind of poetries, as I said, singing, dancing, chanting, performing, talking, and it always starts with a coffee ritual. All our shows start with a coffee ritual. We have um, some ongoing shows also. One, as I said, uh, in French is Jeu et Théorie du Duende, or Soirée et Duende, from Upon Garcia Lorca's, held in many places that could be theatres, more or less conventional places, more rather less conventional places, or very unconventional places, which I love. As I said, um, and to get informed, go to to the social networks 
mostly. And we'll include a link of that in the bio for this program. Thank you very much. So, this is the last song. Sooner we'll be done with the troubles of this world. I'm going home to live, to live with my God. No more. Weeping and wailing, oh, no more. Weeping and wailing, oh, no more. Weeping and wailing, cause I'm going home to live, to live with my God. Yes, I want to see my dear mother. Yes, I want to see my dear mother. Oh, yes, I want to see my dear mother. Cause I'm going home to live, to live with my God. Yes, I want to see my King Jesus. Oh, yes, I want to see my King Jesus. Oh, yes, I want to see my King Jesus, cause I'm going home to live, to live with my God. Sooner we'll be done with the troubles of this world. I'm going home. I'm going home, oh, I'm going home to live, to live with my God. Last word, I have to say that these songs are coming, as you might know, from the former black slaves living mostly in the south of the USA. So I'm singing them because I feel um, a mysterious bound. I love those songs simply. And poetry and life, after all, is about transmission with no boundaries, simply. That's why I'm singing those songs and I thank them very much and I thank life for this experience. I was never expecting 30 years ago. How could I expect that one day I would be singing some of these old songs coming from the south of USA? Well, here I am. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for coming. It's my pleasure. And there you have it. 
interview with Rodrigo Ramos. Really a breath of fresh air and really stimulating discussion. Kind of some incentive to take a look at the poetic side of, of life. If you're in Paris, come check out his groups, check out his activities. If you're not, then be sure to check out the bio. We'll include links to all of his, the projects he's involved in. In the background, you heard some piano. That's Ravel, and that's his sonatine uh, Modere and Bolero. If you enjoyed the listening, and I sincerely hope you did, go to iTunes, hit subscribe, and give us a rating out of five stars. It really helps us. And you can also find us on SoundCloud. That's Paris Insider Outsiders. So, until the next time, à la prochaine. Merci, au revoir.